you've taken them out of their wheelhouse mm -hmm. and you've put them in a situation now where they're, they are now experiencing cognitive stress. And now their performance isn't as great. And you're wondering, well, they need more, they need more training or they need something else when you've actually taken them away from what their natural strength is mm. and put them in another position that is stressful for them because it's not their natural action mode. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I, I've got it. Oh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. We've got it. And today, we are privileged to have a special guest with us. And because of the length of the interview, I'm going to cut this part very short because I want you to hear all that she had to say as she talks about how to attract high performers, skyrocket confidence, she used the word audacious confidence, and productivity. And our guest today is Alicia Khoury. So I want you to join me and welcome to the show our guest, Alicia Thank you for joining me on the Kings the Grant Show, the show for emerging and experienced leaders who want to boost productivity, performance, and morale within the workplace. Today, we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Alicia Khoury. Let me tell you a few things about Alicia before we get started. Alicia strives to influence, educate, inspire, and entertain audiences as the red carpet CEO. She is an empowerment speaker, Colby certified consultant, co-founder and executive pr producer of the Dreamaniac TV, host, author, actor, beauty, style, and personal branding expert. She's appeared on ABC, CBS, NBC, and multiple radio shows, stars as a lead in multiple independent movies, and the author and co-author of multiple books. Alicia has a mission to help leaders step into their audacious confidence to live a life without limits. As a corporate consultant, 
Alicia works to mitigate stress and overwhelm in companies and helps teams uncover their instinctive strengths to increase productivity and communication within the organizations to increase productivity and profits. It is my pleasure to have with us today, Alicia Curry. Alicia, how are you today? I am blessed and highly favored. I'm so excited to be here with you, Kingsley. You know, I, awesome. yeah, I'm looking forward to it myself, Alicia, because I think for so many uh, reasons, you know, I, I've known you, I've heard you speak, I've heard, I've listened to your interview, uh, you know, just a number of things I've seen. And I believe that you are the right, uh, right fit for this show. So I really am excited about having you here. So thank you for joining us on the show. So Alicia, the first question I ask all my guests, which I'm going to ask you is when you hear the word leader, and or leadership, what comes to your mind? That is a great question because I never really saw myself as a leader growing up. So leaders used to mean to me that it was someone who was this great person who knew everything, did everything Mm -hmm. right, and was just, you know, someone that we needed to aspire to become, but never really get there, you know, (laughs) but as I'm older now and I've been called a leader myself, I look at leadership as someone who is willing to take a chance, take a risk and inspire others to sort of be more Mm -hmm. or do more than who they are and, and really step up and step out So they're really like the ones who are creating a path Mm. and leading the way for others to follow. Mm. And hopefully as they follow, they also develop their own sense of leadership. And I don't mind people overtaking me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's the goal to have them overtake me and start carving their own leadership path. Mm. So, um, I see it very organically mm-hmm. as someone who's willing to step out in front of others and start paving that way. And as people grow, mm-hmm. you're there to support them and help them and then see them achieve their goals. You know, you, you said some very interesting things. And I like what you said about which I think is for so many of us, including myself growing up when I thought of or heard of a leader you know, it was more of a positional title type of thing. And you had to, it's almost like, you know, this reverence for that position and there's a leader. So watch out. The leader is here. And until the leader shows up, little was done. So that was the thing that you're right. I myself grew up um, hearing that. And the second thing you said, which I think is so cool and important, is that leaders ought to develop other leaders. And even if they overtake you, that's fine because it shows that you was you were good at what you did to have developed or helped to shape a person to now even outshine in you. That's a to me the tremendous testimony to your leadership. Thank you. I, I really I really want um, part of my mission is always for people to grow beyond me, <laughs> you know, yeah, yes, see the vision yeah. and then and carve their own way and put me out of business if you can, you know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when people even talk about my children and they say, oh, they're going to do better than you. I'm like, please. Yes. <laughs> of that is my goal as a leader is to have them do better than me. This is a great, great attitude, great mentality to have. So when you now have um, a, 
understood leadership a bit different and um, seeing it in a different light. What are some of the basic skills you would say that you've seen leaders who you admire or even yourself who people admire about you? What are some of the basic things that you would find attractive or you think people would find attractive in a leader? I would, first of all, you know, <laughs> you know, audacious confidence is my thing. Mm. So the number one thing in leadership, I believe someone needs to develop. And I say develop because a lot of people think confidence is something you're either born with or you're not. And it's mm -hmm. not true. Mm. So I think developing audacious confidence. And the reason I put audacious in front of confidence, because sometimes as a leader, confidence is not enough. Mm. You need to have boldness to go along with that confidence. You need to, to be able to step out where others will not step out. Mm. And so I, I believe one of the most vital skills of a leader is to have audacious confidence. And then another thing is to recognize when you need help. Mm. Recognize when you're, you know, there's a task or a situation or something that you cannot do on your own mm. and you are able to reach out for help, even if it is your subordinates, mm -hmm. even if it is someone lower in your team to ask for help. So I think those are two of the most important qualities as well as vision. Yeah. You know, a leader yeah. needs to have vision. Mm -hmm. um, so those would be my top three. You know, I think you're, you're, you're so right because I believe that leaders who can recognize, I think it's such an important aspect of leadership, the recognition of my strengths, what are the things that I do well, and then surround myself with people who do things better than I do in other areas and then use that to become the wind behind my sail so we all can achieve the goal that we want to achieve. So I think I like the fact that you mentioned about leaders recognizing these things. We may call it deficit or call it just, a, you know, not your strength area and so on. And I, I find that true. Yeah. And also the idea of seeking out help because we all, all of us, can learn from others. And we need to know that, that we are not all by ourselves, but right. with everybody else, we can become all together. So I, I like the fact that you mentioned about those things as basic leadership skills. So you mentioned about the audac audaciousness or the audacity, so to speak, of leadership. Now, yeah. uh, and the idea of the, the confidence piece, why is that so important for leaders to be successful and also what I call be celebrated. Cause I, you know, one of the things I, I, one of my tagline is turning leaders into, into celebrities and employees into rock stars. And I mean that they are celebrated because they are, they're leading the way, they're leading the charge, they're audacious, they're strong, they're confident, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. What is that so important? So being audacious is, it's not, I'll say what it's not first, because okay. um, it's not like being a bull in a china shop, right? <laughs> it's not like running over everything and, and, and having to have your way and I'm just, you know, um, bold and, and you need to follow me. It's, it's more an internal, because you talk about emotelligence, it's mm -hmm. more an internal boldness where, where you see opportunities that others might 
even tell you, not just think, but even tell you that, no, that's that's not the way. But within yourself, you know, this is the right thing to do. And you're willing to take that risk and that step out on faith, knowing that inner knowing um, that you have to make this move, even though everything else seems around you like, oh, no, you shouldn't do it. You mm -hmm. shouldn't do it. So having audacity to stand up and say, yes, this is the way, I'm leading the way, we're going this way, when even others are saying, no, it, that's not the right way. Mm. So it's, it's understanding yourself and understanding your strengths and your limitations and being able to stand up in boldness and say, this is what we need to do, this is the way we're going. And if it turns out to be wrong, mm -hmm. to even stand up and say, you know what, I was, I was following my gut, and mm. all right, it didn't set, take us in the right direction this time, but it was a learning lesson. We yeah. were we learned some things and be able to stand up and say, this is what the lear the takeaways were. This is what we'll do better next time. And being accountable mm. to those things, too, because that's all part of leadership is accountability, even when you make mistakes. Yeah. And I, I did say earlier, you know, that about um, what I used to think lead like leaders knew everything. Yeah. Um, until I got there. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's about not being or seeming to be the person with all the answers, yeah. but being willing to take those chances that other people won't. And that requires a little bit of boldness. And the confidence part comes with knowing who you are and what you bring to the table. So when you know who you are and what you bring to the table, you can step into a place of confidence knowing, hey, this is this is this is what we need to do. So um, I just I just really believe that both of those are so important in leadership. And I you know I agree wholeheartedly. I think that you're you frame that very well, and I and I appreciate that. And I I find you mentioned a couple of times within what you were responding to uh, your response to my question, Alicia, was the fact that there's a sense that leaders need to then recognize so the word recognition and being able to to know and identify. Those are some common threads or terms that were being used directly or indirectly mm -hmm. in what you were saying. So what if a leader, because of their personality style, for example, they, they don't even recognize that? Is there a way for them to identify? Because, you know, through my, my, my intelligence, which is the art of succeeding where others failed, and, and simply is, is on the recognition, understanding, and management of your emotions. So what I do is drive that. How do you recognize the emotions? How do you recognize, it, recognize the things that are driving you or triggering you to do things that may be outside the realm of what makes leadership successful? So if a leader doesn't have that, is there a way? How would you um, suggest they go about identifying what their needs might be and then to utilize that in their leadership? So that that's a million dollar question, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, in all honesty, I would say coaching mm. because you you need to you don't always see your blocks. You yes. don't always see your limiting beliefs and you don't always see what's holding you back or stopping you. And having an effective coach helps you navigate that. Because they can see things, other people can see things in you that you don't see, and on the good side and the bad side. Things that you need to step into more, 
and things that you're avoiding that they can call you on. So coaching, having a coach, I am not a coach. So, uh, well, I, I mean, I'm not like a licensed coach. Right. I do coach people. Um, as a leader, you're always a coach to someone. But like, I don't coach leaders to be leaders. Right. That's not my thing. <laughs> but ha- I, have, I have had coaches and mentors, and I've recognized the importance of having a coach to get me to a different level because you, only, you don't know what you don't know, and you right. only know up to what you've achieved. And you could want to go further, but at each, um, I've heard this a lot in, 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 on the pulpit, um, another level, another devil, right? So each level that you go to, you have subconscious, uh, limiting beliefs that hold you back that come and attack your mind and come and attack you. And unless you have someone on the outside pushing you through those things, you're going to sit and not move forward. So mm. I believe great leaders always need great coaches. And if you look at sports, any sports team that has been dominant and has had great success, they've always had great coaches. You know, I, so, I, I, I don't I want to yeah. um, pick up on that because I, I know that we uh, you, I don't want to miss out on what you just said, because I think it's so important Um you know, I, I find that some leaders, for whatever reason, you know, and it could be that they have to eat humble pie and their ego is so, you know, they're so ego driven and, and there's so much into themselves where they don't even want to see the, the need is there. Everybody is telling mm-hmm. them the, the, the evidence is there. Production is down. Performance is down. The morale is down. And there, there all these signs are positive saying, Hey, your leadership might need some tweaking, but they just don't want to listen. But I think that mm-hmm. what I, I like the fact is that yes, coaching is one of those things. And as a coach myself, I've seen the impact. I've seen how that works and it's great. Uh, but I also use some tools that I find to be very helpful. I use, you know, the DISC, for example. I use the emotional intelligence uh, assessment tool to help leaders find these these areas and say, hey, look, look at what the results show. Do you want to become better? Do you want <clears throat> to become a more effective coach? And here is what the results show, and here's what you could do, and here's what I could help you with. But I know that you also, um, as a certified Colby uh, presenter and facilitator, also use that tool. So if they were to say, well, you know, yes, emotional intelligence tool, the disc and all that, but how can a Colby tool, right? And that's K-O-L-B-E for those who may not I've heard this for the first time. How would that tool be helpful for that leader who finds him or herself in that place where they, th- th- their strengths is not necessarily, you know, taking them where they want to because something is holding them back. Like you mentioned, it could be a belief system. It could be a hindrance. But this tool could help them. How could that be, be used to help them become more effective in leadership? Okay, great. I, I want to go back just a second because you did ask a couple things in that question. Yes, I know. I'm so sorry. I want to go back to uh, no, that's fine. Um, to you're saying, you know, maybe they're ego driven. How is it that they don't recognize that they they need coaching or they need something? Yeah. that the ship is going down, things are happening, and they're not recognizing. And ego is a big, big part of it mm. um, because your ego wants to keep you where you are, and mm. and 
doesn't recognize things. And that's where coaching really, really becomes important. Yes. And, and if they're resistant to coaching, if they're resisting the coaching, their business is going to fail mm-hmm. uh, because they're not recognizing that something needs to change. And so a lot of times it's fear based. Mm. They're either afraid of losing their baby. You know, they're afraid of losing <laughs> everything. And that's actually creating that situation where they will lose everything. Um, a lot of times it is fear based and they because of the ego, the ego doesn't see fear. Mm. They just see it as this is my way and this is how I do it and this is how I am and, and that kind of stuff. So they're not recognizing the fear behind it. So moving on to Colby, because Colby is a phenomenal tool that helps you recognize your strengths that are innate, those instinctive strengths to do. Mm. So there are three parts of the mind. And in the three parts of the mind, there is the cognitive, which Mm -hmm. is the thinking part of the mind, the affective, which is the feeling part or the personality, which is what DISC, Myers-Briggs, a lot of these um, Mm. assessments measure those personality types. And then there's the conative part of the mind. Mm. And Colby measures the conative part of the mind, which is the doing part of the mind. So anytime you are striving or problem solving, you do things in a very particular way. So that's what Colby helps to identify for you. What is your process for do actually doing things? Because that is your instinctive way that you were created to solve problems, to strive, to get to the next level. And a lot of times in corporate or in certain situations, they have created a system of how to solve problems, mm-hmm. which negates your natural strengths for solving problems. And what happens a lot of times is when you are working against your natural instinct for solving problems or striving or getting to the next level, your mind goes into a conflict or stress. It it reacts in a stress way, stressful Mm -hmm. way. And then that stress shows up physically in your body. So understanding how you are naturally wired to take action and how you're naturally wired to do things Mm -hmm. successfully with grace and ease, because that's how you were created to do it, helps you now attack situations and problems in the way that makes most sense for you. Mm. It drives your mental energy. So it keeps you energetic because when you're in stress, when you're in cognitive stress, You get fatigued very quickly doing certain tasks. So it's very task oriented. Mm. So you can get fatigued doing certain tasks. So let's say we want the right people in the right place. You know, the right, they say the right seats on the bus, right? We want the right people in the right seats on the bus. And you have a superstar rock star who is a salesperson and they're out there and they're, they're just doing such amazing things. And you decide as, you know, the higher ups decide, well, this person's a rock star, let's promote them and let's make them the supervisor of all the, um, all the salespeople and have them teach Mm. how to be a superstar rock star, star like them, except 
their natural instinct is what makes them a superstar. So mm. their natural instinct to do what they do has created them that way. And now you're taking them out of their natural instinct to make them a trainer or someone who now has to do paperwork and has to do certain tasks, like create systems, create processes. You've taken them out of their wheelhouse mm -hmm. and you've put them in a situation now where they're, they are now experiencing cognitive stress. And now their performance isn't as great. And you're wondering, well, they need more, they need more training or they need something else when you've actually taken them away from what their natural strength is mm. and put them in another position that is stressful for them because it's not their natural action mode. Mm. And so understanding your, your natural instincts will help you do what you need to do and not do the things that you shouldn't do. Not that you can't, right. but you have to be able to understand how your how your mental energy is doing those tasks that are against your natural instinct. And I'm speaking kind of on a real high level of this, um, but just to give you the four action modes yeah. in Colby, so you have more of an understanding, and I'll give you a, a, a real live example of it is because Kathy Colby is the, the um, she created this assessment mm -hmm. and her father was developed the Wunderlich test. So Wunderlich is something that is IQ based mm -hmm. and she had uh, learning disabilities. And so she felt that there was another way that people should be measured, their success should be measured. She became a school teacher and as a school teacher, she saw how kids when given the opportunity and the freedom to solve problems the way they saw fit instead right. of telling them how to do it. She noticed a pattern for each child. They will solve it in a particular way all the time. And that's how she came up with these four action modes. So the first action mode is called fact finder and it's how you gather and sort information. And it's measured on a spectrum of one to 10. So one to three is a resistance in an action. Four to six is an accommodation of an action. And seven to 10 is an initiation of an action. So, and they're all strength-based because just because you're resisting an action doesn't mean it's not a strength for you. Right. A lot of times people just haven't been able to, to learn how to use it as a strength because mm. others may see it as a weakness. Mm. So if that makes sense. Yeah. So, before, so I'm, I'm on, as you go through all these four, so I'm going to get my my head around this idea. So the fact finder part of this Colby um, assessment, would that be the person who is more of the analytic? And if I was to describe as analytic, who is, you know, they're, they're very much into numbers and details. And, and that is where their sweet spot that's is. That's the spectrum. Yeah. That's okay. the spectrum I'm talking about. So mm. on from one to three is someone who simplifies. Mm. From... From four to six is someone who explains, and okay. from seven to 10 as the initiator, that's someone who will strategize. That's someone who gets deep into all the nitty gritty, mm. gets really deep into <laughs> the, the, um, into the details. And you know, so you'll see a lot of people like that sometimes Alicia annoys me because I'm not, that's, I'm not my, I'm not that person. So when that's I see that, your, right, exactly. I'm like, come on, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on. Yeah. Get to the point already, you know? <laughs> so when you can understand that that is how someone naturally is, mm. you give them the detailed work to do wow. and then you partner them up with someone who simplifies. So when they have all the detail, that other person can simplify it and just make it, make it palatable for those who, who are not into details. Makes sense. So you see that, that, that's how you build a team and make sure the right people are on the right bus, mm. our right seats on the bus. Because if you're always in a meeting with someone who's just going to give you details, 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 and the meeting runs an hour over every time when this person has to, to, to present, partner them up with someone who simplifies. So yes. simplifying in Fact Finder is a strength because they can take all those details and just make it really easy for everyone to, to digest. Sorry, this is very important because I think this is a very... I'm like the fact that you're breaking this down this way. And the reason why I'm, as I listen to you, Alicia, I'm thinking about that person in that context right now. They're having all these people, a motley crew, and they don't even understand these, um, I would say fundamental, um, basic issues of how a person is wired and what, what drives them? What are the things that motivates them? What are the things? And you're describing how important it is for as a leader for you to make sure. And I like the phrase, have the right seats on the bus, being the right seat on the bus, because in the wrong seat, it can create a lot more issues and problems like conflicts and stress, as you're describing, diminishes the overall morale and lowers productivity and performance. So I think this is really, really important that you're going through this this way. So thank you for for bringing it to our attention. Thank you. And, and, you know, stress uh, as cold from your cognitive side, there are three types of stress. And I know I'm just taking a side trip here, but conflict is one of those stresses where it's between two people who are on opposite sides of the Colby spectrum that don't understand each other. Mm-hmm. So you may want them to do something this way and they, they're wired to do it another way. And that causes conflict. Tension is when you have an expectation of doing a job um, the way that you think needs to be done, but it's against your natural instinct. So that's causing internal tension. Mm. And, um, and I'll, I'll give you the, the third one. I, it just jumped out of my head, but there are three of them. So, so I just didn't want to lose my train of thought with going through each, each action mode, just so people understand the different action modes, because, this is how you take action when you're doing something. If you're a, if you're an in initiating fact finder, then you will always try to get details. You'll always try to get information before you take action. On the other hand, if you're someone who is a follow through, that's the next action mode. So follow through goes from one to three is someone who will adapt to situations, which is a resistance to systems and processes. Mm-hmm. They're very random thinking. They're random actions. Um, these are people that you will probably always see their desk is always a mess and keep telling them, <laughs> organize, get organized. But they know where everything is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, And they feel the pressure of organizing themselves every 1st January. Mm-hmm. I have to get organized. I have to get organized. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to happen because they're not wired to be organized in that way. Mm-hmm. Their organization skills are more... Um, random mm-hmm. and that's how they function these are people who are great for when when there's inertia or there's something in your business that's not working mm-hmm. the system is not working anymore that can 
come up with new ideas, new, new um, ways of doing it, because they are going to break your system. <laughs> you know, they're going to find <laughs> yeah, the holes yeah. in your system. And, and, you and, need and them. then you, you have need an them. opportunity to, right, you have an opportunity to, to, to make it good again, mm. but change it. Um, someone who is a four to six maintains systems and someone who's a seven to 10, these are people who create systems mm. and processes. Mm. They're great at seeing things always. They're, they're the person who, who will come into a room and probably see M&Ms and start color coding the M&Ms, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so those are follow through people. And then quick start, quick start is how you deal with risk and uncertainty, and quick start are people, the one to threes, they're resistant to, to risk and uncertainty. They are the stabilizers. They're the ones who don't want change. They want to, they see what's working and they want to keep what's working, mm. working the way it is. The person who is a four to six, they are more the, um, they can go either way. They can, they, they're the, they are, they will modify, yeah. you know, they're not. They're not the ones that will necessarily take giant risks, mm -hmm. but they're not the ones that's going to resist the risk either. Mm. And then the seven to 10, those are the risk takers. Those are the ones who will, will you know, like jump out of the plane and build a parachute <laughs> on the way down. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Follow me. We'll, we'll be great. <laughs> Meanwhile, the fact finder and the follow through are, are, are pulling their hair out. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're the brainstormers. They're the ones that like tight deadlines. You you want something done quickly, give it to someone who's an initiating quick start because they'll get that job done in, on a tight deadline. The resistant needs long lead times. They don't mm -hmm. they don't like tight deadlines at all. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one is the implementer, and that's how you deal with space and tangibles. So this is all about physical, your physical um surroundings. And so from one to three, these are people who can envision solutions. They don't need a tangible product or service to know it's going to work. Someone who is uh, a four to six, they restore. Mm. So they will work on repairing something rather than throwing it out. And the person who is a seven to 10, they are the protectors. They're the ones who looks at quality of product, quality of ingredients, quality of, of materials. They want to build. They want to create. They use their hands. So machinery, models, building things. You want someone who's an initiating implementer to be someone who will create your, your prototypes mm -hmm. and that kind of thing for you. Mm -hmm. So when you take someone, say, who's an initiating um, implementer who wants to build and you put them behind a desk to supervise and have to do paperwork <laughs> and have to do fact finding and follow through work, you've just destroyed their, ta their talent and their natural strengths. Yeah. You know, you put them outside of their natural strengths. So um, it's really, really important to understand people on this instinctive level and put them in the right places. And sometimes they don't necessarily need to use these instincts at work right? Uh, all the time. But if you know that they're there on the team when it's needed, you can call upon them to say, hey, this project needs your special specialized yes. strength and yeah. your skill set. And we need your, your talents to help us create this. So, you know, yeah. it's it's really important to know these things about yourself and about who you're working with. You know, I, I think I, I can't underscore, highlight, 
capitalize what you just said because I think, yes, you know, like in my book, I talk about the intelligent leader and one of the, the qualities or traits that really set them apart is that person who knows how to partner, collaborate, but finding the who within their team that they're going to partner with at certain times. And if they don't know these things about those that are around them, they are missing out on a great opportunity to utilize the resources that they have right at their fingertip, right? And they're pulling their hair out. So I think this is a critical thing for you as a leader to know this so that you can access these power resources available to you and that can help you, right? Yeah, in in, in getting the, the results. We have something in Colby called borrowing strengths hmm. where what once you know, like say a leadership, a leadership team, an executive leadership team. So you have the executives that are always brainstorming or coming up with ideas. What's next for the business? What's next for the company? And you create these projects. And um, let's say the project that you're creating or the solution that you're trying to, to come up with requires someone who is an initiating implementer, but they're not part of the executive team because let's say you're a manufacturing company and you're looking to build a new, a new um, device or something like that. And you're thinking, because usually on that level, they think budget, they think, well, how can we cut costs? How can we get this? How can we get that? But you're not borrowing, you can borrow the strength of someone who's a manager on the floor Mm -hmm. of what you're actually manufacturing right now who is an initiating implementer who can come into those meetings and talk about the quality of product the quality of ingredient the quality of of materials that you need to have and help them let give them the the job of resourcing these these things and pricing them out for you so that because they will always find the best materials mm-hmm. to use mm-hmm. and then and then you can make a better decision about cutting costs based on, well, let's not make an inferior product, right? but let's make a really great product and look at areas where we can, we can, we can cut costs somewhere else because a lot of times they cut costs by finding a cheaper, cheaper materials mm-hmm. and the product suffers mm-hmm. and then the business suffers. Mm-hmm. But when you just look at the strengths of the people that you have around you and say, okay, we may not have it on our leadership team right now, but let's borrow the follow through, the initiating follow through over there and look at our systems and processes and see if it needs to, if it needs to change, mm-hmm. how can it change? What can we do to make it different? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is part of the team. Yes. And I love uh, what NASA used to do when they were on the race in the race for the moon Mm -hmm. to get the first man on the moon. And they said everybody, it was a complete team effort from the janitor Mm -hmm. to the astronaut that was landing on the moon. Mm -hmm. Everybody had to play their part. Everybody was responsible. And if leaders can look at their team as everybody plays a vital part in this success, then you don't look down at someone's position or what they're doing. And you actually give them the opportunity 
to feel like they're a part of something much greater than themselves. So they're not just emptying the trash. They're yeah. emptying the trash because the trash needs to be emptied so that so that we can be productive the next day right. and not have overflowing trash. Yes. You know, everybody needs to feel that sense of responsibility to the success of their company. Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, you're really, um, and I wish, wish we had all day to get up on this because <laughs> this is really a great training taking place right now. And I, I hope as you're listening, you're recognizing that what Alicia has just done really is giving you a master training on just how to fit the right people in the right places. So you have the square peg in the square hole and the round peg in the round hole and not the opposite, right? So you're hearing that being, being masterfully done. So I hope you will go back and review some things you have mentioned, because I believe, and I think I talk about this in my my book, The Immortalogent Leader Succeed Where Others Failed. This is what makes you as a leader succeed where others are going to fail, because you're recognizing what you have. You're recognizing the people, the importance, the value, acknowledging those things as, you know, we have read, uh, the studies have shown where 79% of people who leave the workplace have left or who quit have left because they felt they were not being valued, acknowledged, and their skill set, as Alicia is talking about, was not brought to the surface and utilized in a manner that made them feel as if they are part of they were something. Part of the team. Yeah. Right. They so, were- Something greater than themselves. Exactly. And they contributed. They were contributing to the success. Yes. Yes. So it's so, I, so important for people to feel validated yeah. regardless of their position. They could be a temp. Yeah. But if they feel like, hey, what I do here is helping provide, you know, contribute to the success of this company, yeah. then they will do a job that is second to none. And I think what is so important, Alicia, as you describe, is, you know, the validation part is, is, is great. But I think what the difference here or the, distinct, this, this, the distinction here is that you're validating people according to how they recognize yeah. validation. And when you are able to identify these um, the strengths and what the internal motivation is, which is what it is my strength base, what I know what it is, if I am a leader, recognize that. And I am able to rec- to give a person a position or a job or a task aligned with their strength. That's my recognition, acknowledgement of them as a very important and valuable part of the team. So I think that's why I believe what you described in a few minutes ago, it, re- it requires going back and re-listening to it because it was masterfully presented. And I will go back and, and, and take some more, <laughs> some more notes because I, I think it's, it really can really um, become the, 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 the uh, point of, I would call it demarcation or pivot in your business where you could become a very successful business beyond where you are just by simply doing something as Alicia describes. Alicia, I know we, as I mentioned before, we could go on and on and on, but I w- I'm curious about uh, going back to your audacious um you know, confidence. confidence. And also, what are some things you're working on where people can get to know more about that and to connect with you? Because I believe this is a great um, way of just say, we just scratched the surface. There's a whole lot more where this came from. Yeah. But you, <laughs> we can't do it all in one show. So, can't do it in one shot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, you know, the, the thing I forgot let back into my brain while you were talking. So I just want to clarify <laughs> sure. a couple of things with with stress. Yeah. So 
um, I said conflict was one of the the areas of stress mm-hmm. that you can you can if you're operating and the conflict is between two people that don't understand how they do things. And then there's strain. Strain is what happens in your own mind when you feel like you should do something a particular way. It's been laid out to do it this way, but it's against your natural instinct. And tension is when you think your boss needs to, wants you to do something a certain way and you, you want to do it your own way. So all of these things are, are under the umbrella of stress. And it can affect your your mind. It affects your your mental energy. It affects your physical energy. And unchecked, if it continues unchecked, it leads to physical sickness and illness, absenteeism, um, people quitting, leaving their jobs, all these kinds of things, which which are expensive for companies to have to deal with. Yes. So to replace someone. Mm-hmm. So we try to mitigate and minimize stress tension, stress. Sorry, strain tension, and conflict Hmm. using the Colby uh, assessment tool. So how can people get a hold of me? How can people reach me? So you can always go to www.alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, 360.com, alicia360.com. There you can can connect with me on all social media platforms. You can look through my websites. You can also, uh, there's a contact button where you can, you can book time on my calendar. You can save my contact details right into your phone. You can text me, you can WhatsApp me, you can message me. It's all there on my 360 site. It's alicia360.com. Um, so you can, you can get a hold of me there and my email address, everything is listed there mm-hmm. as, and what I'm working on next. So you were on my Audacious Confidence show. Yes. Because I do have a web show called The Audacious Confidence Show. And I loved having Kingsley on my web show. So Dreamaniac TV, you can always watch us live on uh, Facebook. We go live at 7 p.m. And it's Dream Maniac because we're Dream Maniacs. <laughs> so D-R-E-A-M. A-N-I-A-C, and that the link is also there on my 360 site. You can check out the website. I also have a couple books coming out soon, a couple compilation books. Mm. Uh, and hey, you know, I, I got a lot of things going on. I have, <laughs> I, hear uh, I have, um, yeah, I have a lot of things going on. Mm. <laughs> so I don't want to bombard you with everything that I have going no. on. But, but, but I think please, it's important if you want to know more about Colby, connect with me, go to my 360 site, book a time with me on, on my calendar or send me a text message or a WhatsApp. And I'd be happy to to have a, um, you know, a consultation, just a quick mm-hmm. figure out, get you to know more about what Colby is and if it if it will be a, an asset in your business. And, you know, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I guess after today's presentation, there's no question that this is something that people need to look into, leaders need to look into, companies need to look into because of the great, um, you know. It's a great hiring tool. It it is. It's a great. It is. I think it's really, um, but also I think if even beyond the hiring tool, I think for the leaders get to know who is there right before them day in and day out begging for the opportunity, you know. 
Yeah, I just read someone's um, who did a post uh, an article this morning. I was reading her article about she was in a in a job and she was she applied for a promotion because she felt that she had the skills to fit that level, and she was denied the promotion. She left her company and went to another company, and in six months' time, they recognizing who they had, and they promoted her, gave her more money, mm-hmm. and the old company now wanted her back. With the, with the promise to promote her, she said, no, thank you. See, and, I, and my, yeah. my response yeah. was, there is a diamond in the rough right there under your fingertip. There are people who, and they're, who, not, and they're not. And I think this is a good way for you to, as a leader, to pull back and realize that for us to, as leaders to make it in the 21st century, the dynamic have changed, the landscape have changed, everything has transformed. And I believe that leadership ought to be redefined as we described from the very beginning, not just as a position or a title or a role, but it's something that is beyond that. And that is the beyond yeah. part we've talked about today. So I want to say, yeah. Alicia, you have presented, like I said, a master class on this. And I, I, we, I we only scratched <laughs> the you. surface, you know. <laughs> we've only scratched the surface. Uh, I know we're running out of time, but can I give you a quick real life example sure, of please. how this works? Because um, there's, there's this company whose whose leader the ceo of the company passed away and they made the wife the ceo of the company and she tried to lead the company in the same way that her husband led the company Mm -hmm. and after a few years the company just started going down further and further down and they they couldn't understand so the 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 chick the um board of the company decided to replace her and they brought Colby in to do an assessment of all the top executives of the company to choose to find someone to promote into that position. And so when they did the Colby of everyone, they realized that she really did not have the strengths, mm-hmm. the innate strengths, the instinctive strengths in order to run this type of company. It was a manufacturing company. And the people that were sort of um, recommended based on their Colby to take that position, they went against that and they hired someone they liked mm. over what their, in, their instinctive strength was for that position. And after not too long, the company failed mm. because, again, they went with, personality. They went with who they liked. They went with who they thought would do a good job instead of what this person will actually do in the position. Because conative is what you are actually going to do, not what you say you're going to do or what you think you can do. It's what you are actually going to do. And so um, they came back and they retooled everything and they hired the person that they're like, we should have listened. (laughs) They hired the person that, you know, that they needed to hire for that position and the company got back on track. It's, it's very important. The disc disc strength finders, whatever you're using, couple it with the Colby Mm -hmm. because again, you need to know all these aspects of who you have on your team instead of just looking at it one dimensionally. And 
I believe that using these assessments in conjunction will help give you a more rounded, a more three-dimensional um, view of who you really have and what strengths you really have. So just because some people say, oh, we already use DISC or we're already using Myers-Briggs or we're already using Strength Finders, those are great. But incorporate the Colby into that as well because it gives you so much more value than the investment. And, I, you know, I mean, based on what you're saying, Alicia, I think that I agree as I've listened to you present, you're presenting, presenting today in such a clear way and articulated so well about Colby. I think you're right. And I just, as you have heard today, you know, if you need to know more about Alicia, uh, get her in, um, you know, get to know more about Colby. I want to set up a very quick kind of um, call just to see if there's a right fit and how she can, you know, serve you. Remember, it's Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, 360.com. And you can find out all this information, connect with her and get her in. But I want to say, Alicia, this is, also, again, you know, you've not only did you bring us to the 30,000 view, but you also came down into the micro and, uh, mm -hmm. and gave us some very, very um, helpful um, view and looks on Colby that I believe that will be very helpful to our audience. So I want to say thank you so much for Great. taking the time to do that. And I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm a four to six in fact finder. That I'm between that four to six. I explain. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I almost raised my hand when you were we were describing the person who is the the messy organizer who knows where everything is, and you, you know that's you know. So I I know where my strengths are, and I have to play my strengths. So I just gotta pull back and say, oops, oops, ouch, ouch. But I'll. I'll but it's not, you know. Again, no. it's a strength. Yeah, it you is. just have to yeah. know how to appropriate it as a strength instead of feeling feeling bad about it or guilty about it because other people tell you it's wrong. Right, and and I, and I get it, and, and I was just kidding, but because I have played yeah. it, I've played it, and what, what have made me a very effective leader, and even write my book, The Intelligent Leader, is because of that very same strength that I have, and then I just um, parlay out to others who are stronger in certain areas where they can now help me look good and all leaders Amen, want to look good surround yourself with the right Amen. person as steve Jobs says why get the people in who have the great skills and then tell them what to do let them release them in their passion so that they can make a you know change things around so alicia again thank you so very much and i look forward You're to more in the future and uh, on behalf of the audience here at the kings of grand show thanks a million you're welcome and there you have it, my friend. I, I hope today, as I did, you enjoyed thoroughly this interview with Alicia as she went and, and she never even go deep, really deep on the Colby because she said it's like, uh, you know, one of those 30,000 feet view and she kind of but drilled in on some specifics that I'm sure you could relate uh, with and relate to. And um, if you didn't, I'm sure that your people that you're leading, and hopefully you're going to take a step back and look at your team, your culture, and, and see, do you have people who are outside of their wheelhouse because of their whatever it reason it is, and the performance is not what it's supposed to be. Productivity is not what it's supposed to be. Confidence is not what it's supposed to be. Well, now you've heard now you know 
then we, may, we need to do something different. And I hope you'll reach out to Alicia and um, connect with her based upon how she mentioned before that you can connect with her. The links will be in the notes that follow this, this episode and you can um, get all the information there, right? And so I want to say again, thank you for taking the time to join us on this episode. We truly appreciate that because without you, this would not be possible. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, thanks. So with that said, my friend, remember you are one skill away, just one skill away from your best hope. And uh, hopefully today you're brought closer to your best hope. So with that said, my friend, let's put this show back into the vault. Would you help me do that? Here we go. Let's go. There it is. Now that we have secured this show back into the vault, I can safely exit the command center of the Immotelligent Leadership Institute and join with my fellow men in the marketplace. So with that said, my friend, you know the drill. Peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.